Okay, big day, everybody. It is uh, game five of the NLDS tonight. The Giants go to Wrigley Field, and they're going to try to knock off no, the Brian, top. What? No, Brian. What? No, no, that's not. What? Why would what? you think that's happening? What do you mean? The The last time we saw the Giants, well, the last time I saw the Giants, I just moved into this new place. So last thing I saw, the Giants had a 5-2 to two lead heading into the ninth inning, and uh, they won 5-2. to two. No, no. No. no, they didn't do that. What are you talking about? Brian, that didn't happen. What? Did you, you, what do you mean? Well, they brought in the bullpen. The yeah. bullpen happened. Matt Moore didn't finish the game? No, he was at 120 pitches. They had to take him out. Well, they put in Derek Law then, right? Because he had, he had looked so great and he was really pumped up and he's the future anyway. So they put in Derek Law. They, they did... Put and then it. you save the game. Okay, great. So then no. tonight is the NLDS no. game five. That's not. That, that's not what happened. What? That he he gave up a hit. And what? Then... Damn it! <laughs> uh, so there we go. There's there's the comedy bit for the century. Uh, <laughs> joining us this week to go over the body, the corpse. <laughs> uh, of the Giants is uh, is the internet so- no Cambiar's Carmen Q Carmen hi welcome, welcome. Hi. Uh, I can't believe it I mean the Giants had the game in hand and then they cut off their own hand yeah it was zero to a hundred real fast it was not not great that was both probably well that was definitely first of all folks. The Giants were historically bad this season, and then they made more history in their badness by doing something that's never happened in the playoffs before, blowing a three-run lead in the ninth. And I'm sure that they did it in, in a record time. So whatever ninth-inning leads have been blown before, I'm sure it's never been that fast. Well, to, to be fair, in terms of actual time, it took forever because the lead had to take like four pitching changes to be blown. <laughs> but if you subtract that, the time of the pitching changes, it was like five pitches. No, no, you don't subtract that. We earned that. It was so <laughs> after that first hit, you know, and you get that sinking feeling and it just lasted forever, which is what the giants do best. But wait a minute. Did you guys really go into the ninth inning thinking that with the bullpen coming in, the giants had a shot? I mean, I personally, had a feeling of dread, but I associated that to like the PTSD that I've just had for the last like two months. So I was like, oh, it's just me, no big deal. And little did I know, I'm a wizard and I knew that that was gonna happen. I, you know, I was hoping it wouldn't. I, I kind of, there's always at least some dread heading into the ninth with anything less than, you know, a seven run lead. But after that first hit, the law gave up. Then sort of the dread started to build. And then when Lopez walked the guy, it might as well have been over at that point. That was that was the ball game to me. An interesting night for the Giants because they've been sort of that team they they've confounded a lot of, you know, both sides of the of the coin essentially. They're not old school in like a destructive way. They're not the Diamondbacks. But then they're not the Cubs in terms of progressive analytic, but they could be. But in any case, the Giants were sort of burned. They were, you know, if they had let Matt Moore stay in the game, that would have been the old school way of dealing with it. Um, 
but then they were screwed in the new school way because you know uh, the hit that Law gave up was probably not a hit if the shift hadn't been what it was. Uh, and I think that's happened sort of in the second half. The Giants have had a lot of bad luck when it comes to the shift, when it comes to matchups, pitching matchups, that they just haven't worked out. You know, what if Law just stays in the inning even after he gives up the hit? Um, you know, uh, you know he let Ro- you know Bochi let Romo stay in the game after he gave up the home run the other night uh, because he was able to settle down and get you know. Uh, get some outs afterward you know law gives up a home run they're still they still got a run to work with you know and the the bases are cleared so it's essentially a free inning if he doesn't get the next guy out then maybe make the change i don't know so i don't know the second guessing is kind of maddening though is it's actually not maddening it's not worth it do you think because the giants are really bad in the second half they didn't really deserve to be there no sure they did they earned it in the first half, and they tried to unearn it in the second half, and even they couldn't be bad enough to do that. <laughs> it was really a noble effort on their part, and they were like, just how bad can we be and still make the playoffs? And we found out. <laughs> they were exactly as bad as they could be and still make the playoffs. Well, I think what made it worse was the ga- the day before that game, you were like, oh, my God, this team's got so much momentum. Like, the bullpen was actually really good the night before, and it was – exactly like it was during the season where you're like this is the turning point and it absolutely was not so I think I kind of made my peace with the fact that they weren't going to beat the Cubs but then when they came back after 13 innings I was like oh no here's that even year magic that everybody talks about but really it was just I don't even know it's just a blip in the radar really it was just the Giants getting our hopes up just to dash them one last time in 2016 yeah. They were going out with a Giants. Yeah, they went full Giants. <laughs> Never go full Giants. Either. Yeah. No, always go full Giants. You're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna go full Giants, go all the way. I mean, if if game five happens, I mean that's the that's where it's like, okay, well even someone like me, anything can happen. You know, and the, the pressure is all on the Cubs at that point. And it's it's a situation that they've never been in. Well, I can't say that they were in that last year. They they got they got swept out of the NLCS last year. So the idea that they didn't they haven't really faced any adversity this year. But they're they're facing the Giants when they've basically kept the Giants in check for most of the season, even though they've been tough games. And now the tough games are going the Giants' way. It'd be interesting to see what would happen, and then the psyche of the fans in the in the park if that had any effect. Um. Go, go ahead, whoever was about to talk. <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't, I was, I was, when the, when the Giants were up big going into the ninth uh, on Tuesday night, I was kind of expecting them to win and I was sort of thinking about the next game a little bit. Like, not in a way that I would ever say aloud because I believe in jinxes exactly that much. But I was kind of thinking, you know, the Giants could still lose that game like 2-1 and that'd be fine. You know, John Lester's a great pitcher. The Cubs are a great team. If they lose in that way, in the way where they just lose to a better team, you know, you can handle that. And the Giants are like, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Guess what we're going to do instead? (laughs) We're going to kill ourselves on national television. (laughs) I mean, at the very least, it, it really exposes the Giants' weaknesses and maybe, 
you know, the front office finally does something about it. I don't know. That's the only silver lining I have. I spent most of the day eating Doritos and, and pretending I was fine. So that's all I have <laughs> in terms of silver linings right now. Is Bobby I, I, Evans the captain of the Titanic, just blatantly, blithely ignoring the warnings of the icebergs? No, I mean, I think that's Bochy. That has to be Bochy. I, I'm, Bochy, I'm, Bochy I'm gonna, ab- eight icebergs already, and he's like, no, they're, they're not there. I'm absolving Bochy a little bit because he can only use the guys available to him. I mean, Will Smith was available to him. Will Smith okay. would have been dead. Yeah, I mean, th- that's the thing about th- the whole dynamic aspect of Will Smith, if you could call a lefty reliever dynamic in any way, is that he has the reverse platoon splits, conceivably. And yeah, I mean, I I agree. I, I would say that, you know, uh, sentimentality got to the Giants because they clogged their roster with two guys they weren't going to really lean on too much in Javier Lopez and Santiago Casilla. And we'll talk about him in a second. I really do want to talk about him. But, uh, and then, you know, I, I guess I just don't, they're all bad, Doug. Like, <laughs> the bullpen is bad. It's like a third of the roster and it's terrible. Like if all those people were replaced next year, they would be no worse. Well, it would be tough for them to be worse. Right. Uh, you know, and and has Sergio Romo thrown his last pitch in the major leagues? Uh, has, Javier Lopez probably has. Uh, Santiago Casilla has he? You know, it's it, there's a lot of questions. I mean, that's the Giants usually have this every year where they have a couple of guys whose careers are basically over. It it doesn't usually cluster in threes. <laughs> it's usually one or two. Um, I just don't know how. Yeah, I, so I guess I can't really sit there and say. Uh, that Bochi made too many mistakes, uh, and that I guess I don't really want to blame him for it. That's all. They've been the bullpen's been the Achilles heel all year. Yeah, I totally agree with you there because he can, like you said, he can only use the people that are at his disposal, and they were all pretty pretty garbage, right? Like, what is he supposed to do? Pitch belt? You know what I mean? Like, he, he has to use what he has. What if, what if he did pitch belt in that would have lined Rizzo too. That would literally be a, the only better way to go out, in my opinion. <laughs> I think I think Casilla would have been in the interesting. I'm going to go out on my own terms, Bochi decision, and I'm jumping right back into that. Uh, Andrew Backley yesterday wrote a really weird article, and it follows up a really sad article. I'll, I don't have the heart or emotions, but I'll say that. Carl Stewart's, uh, wrote, Stewart wrote a, a touching article. That Santiago Casilla was crying at his locker after the game uh, because he was sort of he was despondent. He couldn't believe that the Giants essentially that Bochy forgot about him or didn't use him in that spot. And Baggerly's damage control of the situation or spin of it was well, maybe the fans booing uh, scared Bochy out of you know uh, going against his gut essentially. Uh, because the fans would have booed and that would have somehow given the Cubs uh, a chance. But the Giants bull, you know, not having Matt Moore in the game was the spark <laughs> for, 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 for the Cubs. Like when Jordan Zimmerman was pulled uh, against the Giants in, in, uh, in game two of the NLDS in 2014. So it's, it's, if he's really, you know, and there's the, you know, his velocity, his rate stats, all great, you know, 
if Bochi, I, I just feel like it's like a weird cop out damage control article that particular one was. But it would have been interesting all the same if Bochi had gone to Santiago Casilla. I actually do believe that the people who go to AT and T Park, the Giants fans in the stadium, are not a bunch of Brian Murphys. They're not a bunch of me's. So they would go. Oh, we're going to leave it all up to Casilla. Well, we better give him support because if he blows it, that's it. Right? That's how I would think they would handle the situation. I mean, that's how I hope they would, but I don't think they would boo him, but I don't think there would be any sort of response, which is almost worse if you think about it. You know, I'd almost rather be booed than just dead silence. Um, And like you were saying, I feel really bad for him because honestly, up until, you know, kind of the second half, he has been really really good for us and and that just it just sucks that you know like he wasn't even a consideration because I do think I think about that I've been thinking about that all day like what if they had used him you know in in some way last night would it have been different because that's the ironic thing is that everybody's been saying like don't use Santiago Casilla he's done like I hate him I don't want to see him anymore well you didn't see him and guess what happened same thing. Like people were saying, I want to see Derek Law. I want to see Sergio Romo. Well, you saw all those people and they still blew it. And I would think, I would think that the Bochi's cover would have been, I, you know, I just used, I emptied out my entire bullpen the night before. So he's the freshest arm and he's the most experienced. I'm putting those two things together. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, he's been our guy and, if you know, if Connor Gillespie is somehow now a hero for the Giants in the postseason, why couldn't Casilla come back from buried under, you know, all the bodies or all those blown saves to pull the Giants out of the jam? Plus, if he does get into trouble right away, then it just proceeds how it did. Yeah, we'll never. Well, I mean, yeah. It's not like Bushy was assuming that was going to happen. Is the thing, and Sonio Garcia has just failed too many times this year in the ninth inning to ever trust him with it again. Like they were making noise about how if it was on the road he might have come in. I don't think that's true. I think they, I think they didn't trust him, and they shouldn't have put him on the roster because they don't trust him. Uh, now, they, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It, it, it was like you said, it was driven by sentiment, and he, he has burned Bruce Bochy more than anyone should ever have to burn anyone to to make a change. It was nine blown saves, I think, after he removed two after he removed him from the closers role. Yeah, there was just no way that they were going to give that Bochy was going to give him another chance in the playoffs. He he earned that with his play, and that story, Carl Stewart's story, was actually really sad. But at the same time, when I was reading it, I was kind of thinking, well, this is what happens if you're not good enough, then you don't play in the playoffs. Yeah, I. I... I think that's a weird story. I'm just kind of taking Baggerly as like he is writing from some sort of informed opinion. But what if he isn't? Right. <laughs> what if it's all speculation to basically piggyback on a, a, I guess, a touching story? It's baseball. It's largely it's largely failure, and pretty much no player goes out on top. You know, they go out in some dog in the gutter type version like this sadly uh and i I agree with you doug i mean santiago casilla didn't just blow saves he looked like he forgot how to play baseball in doing that (laughs) the walk-off balk his emotions he had no control over never mind his pitches 
he had no control over his emotions. You could see it affecting him in everything he did uh, once he came into the game. So, you know, and then he's basically Jeb Bushing it uh, <laughs> after games. You know, please clap. I'm still good. You know, it's just like it, it was sad. And I think that more than anything else, you know, Carl Stewart's story is like, it's just sad. And it's unfortunate because no one, he certainly did well uh, for the Giants many years. But I can even remember in 2014, he, you know, he pitched back to back in games and Bochy had to pull him against the Cardinals because he was just tired and you could see him not having control. And so he's prone to these things. And yeah, did, does Casilla give them the best chance to win the ninth? Probably not. But a three run lead uh, and, and your bullpen's kind of tired and has been prone to breaking suddenly. Um, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, but I don't blame Bochi at all for what happened. I blame the terrible pitchers in the bullpen for what happened. I, I will also say that if your leash on Derek Law is as soon as he gives up a base runner, he's out, then you shouldn't put him in the game in the first place because that's setting him up to fail. Yeah, I think that's what... And that was another thing Baggerly said, that the bullpen's been kind of cranky for a lot of the year because the roles were undefined. But Romo got the... He got the closer's role, essentially, uh, because he was the most consistent. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> so then there were roles to some degree. But I, I am I am with you on the law thing. And I can certainly understand why you'd want to start him. But at the same time, it's like, you know, closers get out of jams. They're supposed to. So why not give him a shot? Um, and the worst that happens, it's 5-4. Uh, which is bad, but you know, at least you're like, okay, well, at least I'm getting beat with who I think is 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 going to get me out of this instead of like putting Cassie in, going like this will probably backfire. I mean, I definitely don't blame Bochi, but more than ever, I felt myself wondering why he did certain things this year. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same? Absolutely. Yeah. I just I'm like yeah. I don't get it, but. You know, I'm not the maybe not the brightest mind in baseball, so maybe I'm missing something. Well, I think again, it's the it's the new wave, old school sort of balance. Like the matchups, he, I think he's just he got really good at it, or he thought he thinks that's the way to go. It's helped. It's bailed him out many times, bailed the team out many times well, for, playing for these matchups. Time, for a long time, he really had to with almost every pitcher in the bullpen, right? Um, and yeah, he didn't so have a Jeremy way, I felt this year. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, the way you get out of that is you let them fail early in the season and then they learn from it and they get better. You just have yeah. to trust them to do that. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm I'm a firm believer in in the I said this on the I think maybe the last one or the one before where I'm like, you know, going to the bullpen, even if you have if you're like the Yankees and you had those three great relievers earlier this year or last year. You know, it's Russian roulette. Some guy could be your kill shot one night. You never know who's on or off, even if they're all rested or whatever it is, because you are putting in a new player, right? It's uh, it's the unpredictability of just a different person in that situation. And so Bochi just being like, I'm going to make five pitching changes a game. Well, I'm like, well, you've just now added five <coughs> new opportunities for things to you know blow up in your face. And uh, I remember during the game last night, somebody tw- somebody was at the game tweeting, I was watching Sergio Romo wa- warm up. He didn't hit the strike zone once. And I go, nice. great. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, they, but, and here's the crazy part. He pitched two innings the night before, 
And the Giants intentionally this season, one of the reasons why it took so long for Romo to get back in the closer role was because they knew he couldn't pitch back-to-back nights. And so suddenly in an elimination game, they're like, oh, we're going to go to Romo. And it's just... So the decision-making is both... We, I think we all understand it to some degree, right? But then it's it's also a head-scratcher. It's like, so the plan sticks for a little while, but we throw it out in these situations. And that feels like it's all born of you have chaos in the bullpen your talent you don't know what you have on a given night yeah absolutely no consistency whatsoever and i think the key of any general manager uh, where general managers make their money and managers to to that point as well doug is they make their money in the bullpen (laughs) manager managers make it with how they manage the bullpen the pitching staff in general and general managers on because that's usually the thing during the season that's most volatile and needs to be fixed or moved around on the fly. And the Giants, especially when Sabian was the GM, they were like, you know what, we're going to go in with the bullpen. We're going to start the season the bullpen this way, and we're going to monitor these situations and change as we need to. And the Giants didn't do enough this year to address their problems. That is true. I mean, I, I would say – I don't know that it's an organizational cha- change from Sabian to Evans. I mean, I don't I mean Sabian's very involved in these decisions still. Yeah, I don't mean to say that that, that is entirely the case. I'm just saying that, you know, who gets the hit on this? It's Bobby Evans. You know, it's <laughs> unfortunately. And, and hey, you know what? Brian Sabian probably, this was, you know, 2004, you know, yeah. w- was a pretty terrible thing. And that was a bullpen that was garbage going into the season and they never, it never got better. I I guess Dustin Hermanson was actually kind of the stabilizing force, but you know, Wayne Franklin and was just like, he was the ticking time bomb from the, that the trade that they made before that season started and he really killed him. Well, and, <laughs> really killed him in that in that elimination game. Yeah, and Felipe Alou <laughs> warming up Jim Brower twice a game just exactly. for fun, killed his arm. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think all three of us are in agreement that bringing Matt Moore out for the ninth would have been stupid. Like we we would have gotten it to some degree, but it would have just largely been stupid. Yeah. Uh, everyone's you know today on the KMBR or yesterday morning on KMBR, haha. Uh, <laughs> they were talking about you know well, Boji's got to kind of manage also if he's thinking that they're going to win this game then does it make sense to blow out Matt Moore so he can't pitch in the next round or has to be held back? And I was thinking last night during the game, like, well, you can't pitch him in the ninth because the guy's not that far removed from Tommy John and the Giants need him for like three more years. So (laughs) why would they try to push the pedal to the metal that way and risk injury that way? That would really screw them. I kind of think the overall consensus that I've reached is that even if they did pitch him and whatever happened, whatever happened, go on to the next game, who knows what would have happened there, right? Let's say they somehow pulled that. I just felt like the bullpen was too weak overall to go very far anyways. So regardless of what happened yesterday, it would have happened eventually is how I feel about it. And that's a shame because I really feel like I was watching Joe Panic kind of like blossom and start to hit again. And Connor Gillespie was like super fun to watch. So I'm really disappointed in the bullpen, but I'm proud of the offense. I think they came alive towards the end. It was just not enough. 
yeah, the offense was, was really good, especially those two games at home against the Cubs have a really good pitching staff and the Giants handled them. Uh, and Joe Panic, like you said, was he, he has been a problem since he came back from the DL and suddenly he was looking like the guy who hit 300 last year. And that's the sort of thing that gives you all this optimism that the Giants can then crush a little bit later. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that's going to be an interest. I guess we can just talk about the future a little bit uh, and then we could maybe circle back to this <laughs> mess because this postseason was actually pretty entertaining. The Giants played objectively the best team in baseball and certainly the best team they've faced period in this entire run and a team that's going to be good for the next 10 years. And if the giants are going to do anything, they'll have to go against them at some point. And they, I think they lost respectably. I am so over the game. Like <laughs> I am, uh, uh, I have a recommendation for everybody. I made a joke tweet yesterday and and Grant rightly called me on it as being very Alanis Morissette-ish. <laughs> I said, isn't it ironic that the Giants... It was about what I said about the matchups and the shifts. Isn't it ironic that the, the Giants get killed? You know, Because in the shifts, they say you're going to win more than lose uh, with the shift. And isn't it ironic that the games that they lose are the most important games of the season? Um, and he goes, that's not actually ironic. And it made me go and look and listen to the uh, to that Alanis Morissette song, and I hadn't listened to that song in so long, and and belting out "It's like rain on your wedding day" while you're driving in your car alone, it feels really great. It feels very liberating. So that song played, and then right after that was the one that's about Dave Coulier. What is that? You ought to know. <laughs> you ought to know. Yeah. And. And the fact that we know that Alanis Morissette is fine, like, because <laughs> when you're listening to that song when it came out, you're like, oh my gosh, what a, she's like really emotionally distraught. We now we know we know the whole story, so it was like a very, it's like a trip back to the '90s and just a reminder of like pain is temporary and it makes for good art or good, like you can turn it into something constructive. And then once it's out there, you've like released it. So somehow, and in, in finding <laughs> lyrics to make more jokes at the Giants' expense, I I became unencumbered with the Giants. I mean, it sounds like you were filming a rom-com or something where they realize that they don't need nobody. And I mean... Yeah. Yeah, good I job. Mean, it, it, yeah. It's like the scene in every TV show when, when two people are like, who are you going to choose, me or him? And then at the end you go, I choose me. And, the, and then the Lannis Morissette song in the car. Yeah. yeah. The credits. <laughs> but I, I was just trying to find, you know, lyrics to twist around. It's it's a pitching change, a batter too late. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get the uh, studio with this. Come on. <laughs> uh, you know, just the, it's it's ten thousand spoons when all you need is an out. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but then and then on the way home, I I was like, you know what? I I want to see if the feeling has remained because I I really did feel good all day. And uh, and I, because I I can't afford right now Spotify Premium, I had to take whatever came up on the shuffle, and and so what's the one? Ah, she has another hit one. I can't remember. It's you ought to know. Ironic, and then there's this is much so much fun, but it's so worth it to me. I'm wasting all both of your time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
It's You Ought to Know and Ironic, and then there's, ah, shoot, what is it? Uh, no, it's it No. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's You Learn. So You Learn, that's what it is. And I was listening to that song, and I'm like, you know what? I feel like this song has a lot of meaning for the Giants. So I'm <laughs> like, they can learn from what's going on. I recommend getting your heart trampled on to anyone. <laughs> That's good. Swallow it down. What a jagged little pill. It feels so good. Swimming in your stomach. Wait until the dust settles, right? We got to wait a little bit till the World Series is over. <laughs> I like how much time you're burning just reading off Atlanta for It's great. I recommend biting off more than you can chew to anyone. Uh, I... You know, that's the Giants bullpen getting outs against major league hitters. Uh, I recommend sticking your foot in your mouth at any time. That's Hunter Strickland. That's Madison Bumgarner with the don't look at me. Like there's so many things. I'm like, oh, this is the Giants season right here. And you just got to let it go, man. So I'm fine. This is great. <laughs> I'm not actually laughing, though. I'm not that. <laughs> I'm just surprised that they lost in such a dramatic way. And I... Don't care. You were eating Doritos all day, though. Yeah, I was eating Doritos. I had some chocolate. I don't know. I felt kind of fine, but maybe I wasn't because I was just kind of, I kind of just didn't want to talk about it. And then when people tried to talk to me about it, I found, I was like, I'm fine. And then I tried to explain it. And then I realized I actually have nothing to say to support the I'm fine statement. (laughs) And then I realized it was really sad. It was actually pretty depressing. I was just rambling. I was actually in a meeting with like my entire team and they're like oh yeah like did you are you okay and I was like yeah I'm fine because um they can't win every year and this year they didn't but next year they might I don't know I was just rambling and they were just staring at me probably trying to figure out how to get me help (laughs) I'm gonna keep tweeting about believing please don't through the rest of the year I really because I think it's the stupidest thing in the world and I hope to God it wasn't Brian Srabian himself who came up with it. And I hope that really was like, like workshop. Like that What's that? You really like being muted on Twitter. That is <laughs> oh, your yeah. absolute favorite. <laughs> I actually was walking down Second Street and I was like, I saw the ballpark and it had that big believe in sign with Brandon Crawford. And it had all like the kind of bunting. And I was just so depressed. I was like, why have they not taken that down immediately? Okay, so that's that's a key. You live, like, by the stadium. So if I live by the stadium, if I was stadium adjacent, I would probably be a little more bummed than I am now. But this was such a bad, like, the last two and a half months, it almost makes it easier. Like, aren't you just relieved it's over? Well, I have my life back. That's certainly... Yeah. But... No, I have my life back. It's terrible. I don't want that. <laughs> if I wanted my whole life, I wouldn't watch baseball all the time. So I guess we could talk about, you know, the Giants, probably what would be great way to wash away this year would be to win next year. Win That's, a game? Well, they may not do that, Carmen. That <laughs> might be impossible. But I mean, if they win the World Series next year, uh, that would wipe away this year. Um, Who are you right now? And I think that well, oh, I guys, I'm 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 sick of the other thing. I can't reverse jinx and and do all that stuff for my psychology. I'm sick of it. And just like the 49ers, 
who, when they lost the Super Bowl, stopped being the 49ers in my mind. <laughs> now that this, now this era, you know, because in my memory, the you know the 49ers, they're you know, they don't lose in the Super Bowl. They're amazing. They had a fantastic comeback and they came up short. But after that, it's like okay, that image of them, that feeling in my psyche is gone. So now, now what? And it was so much easier to just stop watching the NFL because I really didn't like it anyway. But with the Giants, it's like, okay, Buster Posey has lost the playoff series now. So these Giants, those Giants are over. What's next? I, I, I don't want I'm too old and tired of reverse jinxing. They've got Johnny Cueto for one more year. You know, that's, this is it. This is what they're building up to. 2018, probably free fall time. But... You know, they got Cueto, they got Bumgarner, they've got Matt Moore, they've got Eduardo Nunez, they've got the remains of Denard Spann. Yeah. Maybe maybe they can put something together. Right? That's I mean, that's what we're gearing towards. That they're going to go all in and yeah, I just, try it one more time. I, I just don't know how to respond to you when you're talking like this. I'm very <laughs> confused right now. more positive than I thought you were going to be. I was really prepared to be negative with you and just wasn't ready for this. Well, the Giants... Won 87 games, which and they did it sort of pathetically. And you know, they were they were so bad in the second half, and then they somehow played the Cubs really tough because at their core they have certain good qualities about them, which I've always said, I've never shied away from that. It's just whenever I praise someone, like somehow puts a curse on them somehow. So <laughs> now it's just like, you know, screw you guys. If you can't win with me saying nice things, you don't deserve to win. That's... <laughs> screw you, Hunter Strickland. We spent a whole segment talking about you and you went and screwed us. That's true. You. <laughs> we, we, we had a whole discussion about how Sonia Casillo was really underrated earlier in the year. Oh, God. Remember that? <laughs> that and that killed him. We had the All Star Croncast during the All Star break. The Giants were terrible coming out of the second half. I bet Emmanuel Burris is now going to be like one of the best players in 2017 because of how much crap we talked. Yeah, and he's, he's going to be on the Dodgers, of course. <laughs> but you know, we all love Johnny Cueto. We've got 33 starts with him left, unless the Giants make the playoffs. So make the most of it. It's fun. There's fun elements. Yeah. Buster Posey played. I feel like Buster Posey was gassed. The entire season. Um, I think that back injury really took a lot out of him. I'm with you. I I agree. I think the Giants need to focus. This is the tough part. I don't know how they're going to get better. But they need to try to, you know, everyone's like, oh, the bullpen, the bullpen, the bullpen. Let's not forget that their their top three home run hitters only hit two more homers all year than Chris Bryant did by himself. Belt, uh, Pagan, and Crawford combined for 41 home runs. Chris Bryan hit 39. So the Giants don't have any power. <laughs> and uh, and I'm leaving Buster Posey out. I'm taking three of those guys. Uh, so Buster Posey on his own. There we go. Uh, you know, power, that would be nice. Uh, something, if Mac Williamson is going to be the new left fielder, it'd be nice if he got to play through some slumps, which is not usually Bochy's M.O. So that's me hedging as a fan. Like, okay, since Mac Williamson's not going to get a shot, who can the Giants get to replace the power that he might provide if he got the shot? Um, you know, Denard Span, I feel like he's done, and and this is probably his ceiling in his Giants term. And I don't know if you if you guys thought that was great, but I didn't. <laughs> I thought, well, that's replace like Eduardo Nunez is going to be a much better leadoff hitter, and he's probably as good or better a defender 
as Denard Span, and I'd rather have Eduardo Nunez over Denard Span, which is not a choice. But you know what I mean? It's like he's he's what Denard Span was supposed to be. Yeah, no, Nunez Nunez is a was a really good pickup. Um, a lot of people were complaining about giving up Mejia for him, which I thought was strange at the time and looks dumb now. And now all of them are going to deny that they ever said that. Uh, <laughs> as, as is the right the proper way to acknowledge that the Giants made a good trade. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited to see what he can do next year because he looks like a good player, especially especially defensively. Now he has made some big strides defensively, and he is yeah. fun to watch at third base. Yeah, he really is. I, you know what I'm nervous about? I'm nervous that they're gonna, I don't know, re-sign a bunch of players that just for emotional sake, you know, and then we're gonna end up with a bunch of old guys running around our field. If they had won, I would, I would be sharing that fear with you, but I think this gives them good cover to make those changes. I believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I mean, because Casillas should be gone, Lopez should be gone, Romo should be gone. Um, you know, Angel Pagans obviously he should be gone. The idea, if the Giants re-sign him, I have, n- I don't know. <laughs> I don't see that happening though. No, I, I don't see that happening at you all. You don't think they'll bring back one of the guys you just mentioned? I feel like they will. I, I think the most uh, likely is Romo. Yeah, and I would be very disappointed if they brought back Romo. Because, I mean, Casilla has to be gone. Lopez looks pretty done. And Pagan, there's just, they can't afford to pay him what he will, what he should make next year, coming off a pretty good season. It wasn't that good. It was pretty, I mean, it was like. <laughs> it was just that he was, he stayed healthy the whole season. He was an average major league starter. That's a, that's a good player yeah. to have. Yeah. And, and for the record, if it should be very clear, I love Angel Pagan. I like his skill set. I like what, you know, he's not a superstar player by any means, but I like what he, what he brings. He had a 331 on base percentage this year. He has 750 OPS. He made $10 million. You know, the giants usually get criticized for some of their deals, but they know how to peg where the market's going. You know, that's, that's market rate essentially. Um, all those OPS plus is exactly leave it league average. So it's exactly 100. Um, <laughs> so you know but he's gonna be 35 next year there's no point um, i mean he did you know, body slam somebody this year see this is what we should probably start focusing on <laughs> we should start talking about the year that was but i mean i don't know about I, I guess it's worth talking a little bit about next year you know free agency and all that stuff is always garbage and you know the giants uh, tend not to go after hitters you know, and there's I don't know if there's a Michael Morse out there for them to get that cheap power pickup with the you know, gamble on someone and hope that it pays off. Um why not just play Mac Williamson in left field? You're gonna start you're gonna start with Ty Block in the rotation. Yeah. I mean, I would like that, but that doesn't seem like something they would do. You know what I mean? Like I think I just don't even hope for it because that's just not how the Giants typically do things, in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, they're going to, the market is such that everyone knows the Giants. This is just like what happened with the starting pitching. Everyone knows the Giants are going to go after relievers. So now the relief market gets ridiculous to the point that the Giants may not even get involved in it. You know, they tend to do that as well. Or they might roll the dice on someone and, and, 
if they don't get him, they'll move on. Or they go all in on one person and they get that person. Now they don't have money to spread around somewhere else. I don't think a Williamson Parker platoon is in either of those players' best interests, but they have them available. And if they have a strengthened bullpen, I'm kind of, I'm down on Hunter Pence. I'm really down on him. And I'll just leave it at the cover of durability. So I really wonder where the Giants are going to get their power from. And if they can't develop it from within, that they're screwed. Well, you don't think it was an off, an off year for Hunter Pence? No, he's getting older. I just think the aging curve, plus the way he plays... But he's a cyborg. Well, he's an alien. <laughs> I mean, I feel he's biological. You feel he's cybernetic? Yes. Well, I just feel like if you had said a year ago, I'm worried about... Hunter Pence being durable. He had played, didn't he play like every game that season? No, last year he was hurt too. Yeah, the last two oh years. And, and these are pretty significant injuries too. I just don't want to, I don't know. I just feel like he's an alien or cyborg or something and maybe he'll be okay. I like to be hopeful about Hunter. He's, at the very least, I know he's got the work ethic. And- I'm not impugning anything about him as a person. As a baseball player, I'm just saying the Giants need someone who can hit 20-plus home runs, and they don't have anyone on the roster right now who can do that. No, that's completely true. Which is, like, a sad thing to say. So, I know. And we, th- we thought Hunter, Pen- you know, Hunter Pence, I think the last two seasons, he's kind of started out hot, and then he got hurt. Yeah. Um and and he looked like he could be that way. It's you know, and Belts had those flashes too, where it's like, oh, if Belt, and then Belt didn't really get hurt this year, and he played the whole season, and we just saw, okay, well, this is Belt. He's hurt or not, this is basically what he is, and uh, and maybe he can be that twenty home run guy, but they're gonna need more than one. And is Buster Posey and Hunter Pence a middle? Are they really middle of the order guys? They have to be by necessity, but you know. If you move them around, it, you, if you find a way to stretch the lineup a little bit more, then you're not filling the gaps with the Kelby Tomlinsons and Connor Gillespie's of the world. You know, because who knows about Joe Panic? I agree, he started to look better, but at the same time, <laughs> we've never really gotten a full... He's never really played... You know, he's starting to play more. Is he going to be able to adjust? His ceiling... You know, everyone always thought he was going to be a utility guy, and, and maybe that's still his destiny. So we don't know. I feel like he's still a question mark. This is really depressing. This is actually more depressing than talking about the Giants blowing it last night. <laughs> I can depress you a little bit more if you want it. You know who else had a really great NLDS after a, a not great season was Edgardo Alfonso. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, the proper response to that is fuck you. <laughs> I'm just going to let it ride. Uh, you know, the but they clearly are a talented team, and I feel that it's pretty important that they beat the hell out of the NL West. Um, it'd be nice if they were built to do more than beat the hell out of the NL West, but you know, I don't think the Giants have ever been... I don't think the Sabian Giants have ever had we're going to be the juggernauts of the baseball world on their mind, and I think that's helped them. To their credit, that's been a good thing. Um, so maybe this is a general question. Would you rather be the Yankees... Or would you rather be a boom and bust organization where, where you'll win every other year and then the other years you look like garbage? Um, or do you want to be the Braves where you're in it every year for a long time and maybe you have a shot? 
I don't want to be the Yankees. Well, the Yankees are the Cubs too. So if you if the if it makes you feel better to be the Cubs, then there you go. I don't know. I don't even know what I want. I think the the wound is too raw right now for me to even think about it. I, I want just... to not be embarrassed to be a Giants fan for most of the year. Well, the last two years they've only given, and the, the last twelve months of regular season baseball, they're six months, right? Giants have really only been good in about four, four and a half of them. Because last year they were pretty, they were they were hot for a little while, and then the rest of the season they were kind of bunk. But last year at least there was the excuse, right? You could be like, well, look at how injured they are, because they got really injured, especially they really the did, they really and did. This yeah. year they didn't have that. And if you go back to twenty fourteen. <laughs> if you add it in, you say the last uh, math, Brian. <laughs> if you say the last eighteen months of baseball, they you know they were really bad in twenty fourteen for two solid months in that season. Um, so you know, but this is what happens to every team. They have windows, they decline, and it's up to the organizations to replenish. And hey, the Giants, I think Doug and I have said this many times. Every trade they made this season at the deadline, those are all good trades. Yeah. Definitely, and and they they basically bought themselves those next couple of years of of filling the window because after Cueto leaves next year, they're still going to have Matt Moore. They're still hoping for you know Ty Block and uh, and and um, I, I'm thinking of him as the four five guy. He'll be the he'll be the wild <laughs> the wild guy in the back of the rotation. Oh, their other top prospect, Beatty, Beatty, yeah. Tyler, Tyler Beatty, yeah, yeah, Tyler Beatty. So, um. So they'll have the TIE fighters in the rotation. Oh, that'll be great. There, I've already done the marketing for them. Great. <laughs> so, so, you know, but I, I think that's the the things that they did are, are really impressive. You know, uh, you got a player that was better than Matt Duffy. Um, and you got Matt Moore in the transaction. And all you had to do was give up some minor leaguers who may not pan out. Yeah, that so. was one of the like less emotional moves that I've seen the Giants make. You know, because typically I feel like they they keep all their players. Like, I always say I have no idea what it would be like to be an A's fan because they just give away anybody and everybody and everybody's up for grabs, and the Giants don't really do that. So I think the Matt Duffy thing was something that was unprecedented, and they definitely surprised – I think they surprised everybody when they did that. I think they surprised themselves. Yeah. I think they didn't expect to do that, and then they were like – you know, Matt Moore is going to help us out a lot more than Matt Duffy's going to help us out. And they, they got, they had Eduardo Nunez, so they, you know, or they had that deal going, so. And they could have gotten Andrew Miller for Joe Panic, so they could have done all that and still done that deal. And that would have been something. But it's interesting that they're, it's, it, it's all because their airy Adrianza faith was somehow not rewarded. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he crashed back down to earth after a good five at-bats in April. Right. Well, and he got hurt, so yeah, I feel a little bad for him because he was he was in those five at-bats really making the Giants feel good about, you know, letting a lot of good players go to keep him on the roster. <laughs> um, yeah, let's. there's plenty of fun stuff to talk about for the through the year real quick. Carmen, I think you're like a great... You have a better memory about this stuff. I usually only remember the bad stuff. But if we go back to just the wild card game, 
We can go back this series too if you want, but I mean, like just the playoffs as a whole, the Giants had a lot of fun memories in there already. Yeah, I think they definitely did, and I think even going back to the Dodgers series, like that was one of my most fun times as a Giants fan this year. You know, I think that was when I felt momentum kind of shift, and it was a series that I was like, okay, if they win one, I'm good, right? And then we'll just hope that the Cardinals implode. And they ended up sweeping them, and tie block was phenomenal. Like, I really expected maybe, I don't know, like five innings from him, and he was lights out against Clayton Kershaw. So that was definitely one of my favorite memories. And then, you know, you have the body slam the night before, which was so good. I mean, I don't know, were either of you there at all? No. No, I was watching it, though, yeah. and it was glorious. It was, it was wonderful. In <laughs> oh, I believe it. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and Posey pushing the, pushing the guy over too, just so casually yeah. flicking out his arm. Like I said, I want that. I want to paint that on the side of a house, <laughs> <laughs> or, or it should be a mural in San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. And then you know, if we're talking about the wild card game, Connor freaking Gillespie, right? Like I, I really that came out of nowhere. Although I guess it didn't really because he kind of you know, flash a little bit of it in the Dodgers series, but I would have never called that that's the way the game would have been won. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and then they had a ferocious comeback against Aroldis Chapman and, and, you know, Connor Gillespie's behind that. I mean, you guys should be tearing into me right now because I just rag on the guy who doesn't wear batting gloves because he doesn't wear batting gloves. And he's like the Giants' best hitter against... 95 mile an hour plus fastballs, which is crazy to me. Maybe in the playoffs, no one should wear batting gloves. <laughs> Write that into the rule book. Yeah. Uh, so it's like we, we're spoiled as fans, right? But even in our loss, even in doomed seasons, essentially, the Giants uh, give us a lot of kind of fun, cool memories. The, the legend of Madison Bumgarner and Bruce Bochy, those are forever tarnished or whatever, but there were still great games on top of that. So it was disappoint. There was a lot of disappointment, but then the giants were still able to kind of make it about them. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so don't forget that we had splash 69 this year. Splash 69. <laughs> I mean, come take on. your hats off for that. That's yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just a matter of uh, how upset can you be? They've won three in the last you know, seven, eight years. It's like, what's, what's the point? And we already, we, they, they were killed by their own design and it's, it's fine. But the, the Dodger series with the sweep for me, that was like, that's, that had the energy of the end of 2014. And that was all the Daniel Bryan stuff, right? Like down the stretch last month of the season. Yeah. Yeah. But Um, essentially, essentially the giants, in that last week, but really that last series, because anytime the Dodgers come to town and the Giants show life and, you know, it's like, okay, these are the Giants. These are the characters, the people I know this is the team I root for. And it, that was the only, that last week of the season was the only time in the second half where it was like, oh, it's the Giants. And it felt like who they were. Uh, and it kind of carried over into the postseason, which was great. You know what I was actually thinking? I was watching, I, I watched like a lot of the postseason games and I was thinking, wow, none of these teams look anything like the Giants. Meaning 
I feel like when I watch other teams play, I'm like, why can't we do all that stuff? <laughs> and it makes me realize, like, I live in a pretty, pretty like, sheltered bubble because I'm like, yeah, that's just how baseball, like, you don't get hits and you leave runners on base and your bullpen, bullpen explodes. Like, that's, that's baseball, yeah? And then I watch other teams play. I was like, oh, well, this is nothing like what I thought. It, you almost forget that the Giants are just – a unique team <laughs> and by unique I mean explodey and so I I don't know I don't know if you guys have to, like I encourage you to watch the rest of the postseason I'm sure you're going to do it anyways but you'll realize wow the Giants are very different and they play their own brand of baseball for better or for worse and I don't know I you know I was watching the Nats and Dodgers game and it was the score was going back and forth and everything and I was like oh my god they're actually like down and then they come back that's crazy like how do they do that I don't know I don't know what you just said reminds me of that Simpsons quote where they go to itchy and scratchy land and one of the animatronic characters pretends to take off like tip its cap to one of the <laughs> to the viewers and it actually takes off the top of its head and and Marge goes, see all that stuff in there, Homer? That's why your robot never worked. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you basically said, look at all that stuff that other teams do. That's why the Giants games are so terrible to watch. Uh, but I, I do that. Yeah, no, I, I watch that. And, but I kind of look at it the other way. The Giants had no ninth inning comebacks this year until an elimination game which is pretty crazy. And then the other thing was that uh, when I watch other teams, though, I do think what you think, Carmen, but I think about it the other way. Yes, it'd be nice if someone could pop a three-run home run because if the Giants are going to score one run, they have to four singles. Um, but I do also watch, I go, but the Giants are, they play a harder game. Like they play it out of necessity more difficult because they can't do the things the other teams do. But, it, you know, they have the best catcher in baseball behind the plate. So I feel like they attack hitters differently. I feel like they have an above average manager. I mean, if you go, if you watch enough of these games, you're like, that's a bad decision. Why are they doing that? Or like that, you know, this is weird. It, the Giants, even when things are going badly, they feel like they are still steering the wheel. So even though the GPS is directing them into the river, they're still dragging, like, all right, we're going into the river. Here we go. You so, see that as a positive? I feel like it's different because when I watch other teams, like, you know, the Mets have talent, but Terry Collins is like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. You know, you get that feeling watching the game or you watch an, any American League game. All the American League managers look like they're, like, just resigned to, like, someone's going to hit a three-run home run. There's nothing I can do about it. Like someone, you know, this, this game, this inning's going to last an hour and a half and there's going to be two hitters. And it's just like, they just all look like they're like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and, and do nothing. You know, you watch, you know, Joe Madden or you watch um, Dusty Baker. It's like, they're very active in the game and you can see when they're steering the ship, you can see what they're thinking about. Uh, you know, it's kind of like why Tony Larusa is both annoying and interesting to me. And Joe Torre was always kind of annoying and interesting. Why Joe Girardi's kind of annoying and interesting that they're they're involved in the game uh, and that's how they are able to be successful. It's not just raw talent. You know, Don Mattingly, it's like a rudderless ship. 
Like what? What's going on? But I want both. I want the three run jacks, and then I also want like the intelligent management and you know Buster Posey calling pitches that are you know going to result in a no hitter. Why can't I, I want that both? too? I want it I too. I feel like I should be able to have both. I just think the Dodgers yeah. should be able to win the World Series every year, and I'm not sure <laughs> why that doesn't happen. <laughs> You know, when when Dusty was managing uh, the Giants, you know, it was just it was kind of that. But they didn't have pitching. They didn't have pitching. So the moves he made were going to look bad on on average, on balance, both because Dusty at, you know, for the Giants, he was a pretty good manager, but not a great tactician with the bullpen. And the talent was never really there. Uh, but he really has gotten better in terms of managing a pitching staff, but he's also had some really good pitching staffs to manage in his later years. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, Carmen. It's, you know, unless you're a super team, I think it's really tough to get the three run home runs and the, and the really intelligent, sharp pitching, uh, or management. Yeah, I know. I know. I was just, I think I'm just lamenting because. You know, I, I was watching when the Nats were ahead, what was it, yesterday? And then Dodgers came back and won that game. And I was like, I would like to do that. <laughs> well, I think going an entire season without seeing your team come back many times or any time in the regular season, that's discouraging. I mean, that that points to their offense, you know, needing to some repairs there. Um and then, you know, the bullpen blowing any leads they did have late, which is also demoralizing. It's like, why do you want to – how are you going to come back when your team just blew a th- – when your pitching staff blew a three-run lead, you know? Um, it's it's tough to kind of get off the mat after that. Uh, I had many other points, but, you know, it's the Giants. It's They're, they're the same points always. That's true. <laughs> also, their organization's built around contact. They – they prioritize contact over power, over on base. Uh, they just don't want to strike out, and they want to put the ball in play. So necessarily, they're they're just going to be. I think that's Doug. You can disprove this quickly, <laughs> but isn't that just prone to you know the offense is going to be very to be variable, have a lot of variance from year to year because it's based on batting average on balls in play and how hard the contact is, which can fluctuate sometimes randomly in either direction. I mean, it, it seems like that would be the case, but you you need slugging in a team to build an effective offense, and the Giants didn't have it. And you know, you can you can say, well, you know, they can design the team to win in this other way. It worked in twenty fourteen, to an extent that's true, but really, they need to have that power hitter um, because they're just they're an incomplete team without it, and you saw that this year. Like their their BABIP this year was two ninety nine. The Red Sox is 320. Would, would it have helped if theirs was 320? Sure. Is that the reason that they didn't ever come back once in the ninth inning? No. It's really the yeah. power. And, uh, well, 2014, they hit a bunch of home runs. I had to write an article. I had to write a monthly article oh, yeah. about, how, about naming. They, they hit a lot of home runs in 2014, and uh, that was in no small part. I mean, in large part, that was why they were – they did as well as they did, and I think even in the postseason. I mean, in the postseason, some of their their biggest hits were home runs. 
that year. Yep. I I was actually thinking back to this year when I took a friend who doesn't really watch baseball as much as me, like, you know, she's a casual fan or whatever, to the game. And we were it, it was like towards the end of the season and she looks at the lineup on the scoreboard and she goes, Oh, there's there's nobody hitting over three hundred and I looked at it and I went, oh, my God, there's, like, nobody hitting over 300. So for a team that doesn't hit for power and is supposed to hit for contact, right, they weren't even doing that. So I think, you know, everything kind of broke this year. And somehow this team still made it to the postseason. And that's pretty incredible if you think about it. It, it is. I just want to say to the, to the point I was making before, the Giants hit 132 homers in 2014. That was 17th in the league. This, this year, they hit 130 homers, and it was 28th in the league. Wow. So, wow. I mean, really, some of that is just the league passing them by in power, and they need to get on that. Well, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, but as you saw, the Giants were even getting – like, the Giants in two games, I think, hit four balls that would have been home runs in any other parks. Yeah. And, I, park, and I think three of them were outs, two of those, like, fantastic defensive plays by the Cubs – and then, like, one was off the wall, Brandon Crawford's hit, which, you know, they wound up still scoring those, all those runs anyway. But, you know, uh, I kind of just hope they bring back the strength and conditioning coach jokes from earlier in the year. <laughs> I missed those. Those were fun. <laughs> yeah. Those were fun. But the Giants stopped even hitting balls that hard. So that was what the, the problem was. You couldn't keep that joke going because they couldn't even hit it that well, hard. Well, also, so. you can't make a joke when you just suck. You know, like it's not that cool to like, joke around and be jovial when you're just terrible. Uh, yeah, they really did suck. <laughs> They're the suckiest bunch of sucks who ever sucked. Breaking it down. Uh, I can't. I mean, we usually pick our players of the week or whatever, but I mean, we can we can do that in a second. But uh, what, like, I I can't even imagine how you even remotely try to improve those two big things because of the cost involved. But, you know, Brandon Belt was their best hitter this year, and that's not a bad thing. Brandon Belt's a great hitter. Uh, you know, Buster Posey, if this, if this is a back thing, well, backs tend to not just stop being a problem. He's also a catcher, and he's getting older, and he's played like half his career, which is weird to think about. Um, so in terms of power, yeah, it's going to have to come from the outside. Um so who will next year's Michael Morse be? Or from, or from Matt Williamson. It won't be Matt, Matt Williamson, Doug. That ship has sailed. Oh, as long as Bruce Bochy is the manager. Yeah, he's going to have a slump. <laughs> he's got a... Uh, well, this is good. We can put we can place our bets now. Or we can we can throw this out there now. What does Matt Williamson's line have to be in spring training and the first week of the season in order for him to hold on to a starting his starting spot for the first month and a half? Because there's a point where Bochi will let him slump if he's done well up to a point. But if like he's only good for the first week of the season, let's say, and then he's bad the next week after, then he's, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> we're, we're going with Eduardo Nunez in left and Connor Gillespie at third. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Carmen, what do you think he's going to have to hit? Uh, 250? He's going to have to hit 250 no, home runs. No, you said <laughs> – yeah, 250 home runs first week. 
In spring training? Yeah, you can do it. No, it's... My yard's not that big. Yeah, it's Arizona. It's not a, not a big deal. They'll just fly out. <laughs> I think he's going to have to hit like six or eight home I runs mean, in spring training. I think if he hits five homers in spring training, um, then that'll be enough. And then maybe uh, first six weeks of the season, let's say t- 10 homers would do it. 10 homers? Well, maybe maybe eight. Maybe one. both of us are reacting like in the in Babe when the kids asks for two home runs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ten home runs. Maybe, maybe eight. Eight's probably good. It's probably not going to happen because Bruce Bochy will take rookies out of the lineup when they slump. And by the way, some of that is not a bad thing. We all complained about Brandon Belt being out of the lineup for like three days in 2013. I know it wasn't a rookie, but. We're like, oh, it's because they love Brett Pill. And no, it's because they were actually fixing his swing. So, I mean, they do work with guys. Oh, I, I I agree with that. I'm just saying if the Giants get some some old guy, or it, it's more likely the Nunez-Gillespie thing. But, you know, at, if there's just a guy that could be in left field, it it's it feels like sometimes Bochi will be like, I don't want this youngster doing too well, so I need to pull him to put the other guy in the lineup. That sometimes feels like it happens as well, because um, Belt would seemingly do well, and then he wouldn't. Then they do the Posey thing, and it's just like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't know. I think he's got to. I think he's got to have. Um, he's got to hit probably six home runs in spring training to get to solidify the starting position. And then the first month of the season, he's got a, he's got to hit probably five home runs too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could hit if he hits, but then here's the, here's the, here's the twist on that. If it's like three of them in Colorado in one game <laughs> and then like one's opening day and then like a week or two later is three in Colorado. And then like, he doesn't hit another one for like a week or two. Then I think he's he's in danger. He's vulnerable. I really, yeah. I, I guess I agree with you. I'm just like that'll never happen. Right. Yeah. I'm just in that <laughs> camp right now. I'm like that's crazy talk. I mean, why can't I dream on Mac Williams? Why can't I have both home runs and a good coach? I mean, <laughs> we can't have nice things. No. Uh, but Gregor Blanco, he's gone, right? Yeah, that kind of makes me sad. But he's gone. yeah, he's probably gone. Uh, I'm just looking at the roster here. Um, Joe uh, Nathan, very, very important to the Giants. Joe Nathan, year, so Im- he's so important. Tony Sanchez, did you say? <laughs> Tony Sanchez. <laughs> Gordon Beckham. Oh yeah, I forgot he existed. <laughs> Is George Contos back? Yeah, I think he yeah, had I one think- more year of arbitration. Uh, Gordon Beckham's going to be an interesting case because it could be Beckham Gillespie at third and it could be Nunez in left. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is depressing. <laughs> There's just not a lot of wiggle room. I'm just looking around. Yeah. Uh, can Gordon- we take, like Cespedes or something? They, they, the Giants can do whatever they want. They have a lot of money. But, <laughs> you know, they, they will only do what makes sense to them financially. And I, you know, I think deep down... Once we get through the fandom, we're like, yeah, okay, I get it. You do, you make some decisions here, you compromise here, so that you can make other things, situations work. Gorky Hernandez, you know, if 
it would have been interesting if he got a little more playing time in the second half, maybe. Um, you know, they're committed to, they were at least committed to span through this year. Right. And I know they've got a whole, they've got two whole years left on the deal, but I, I feel like next year he'll probably get at least half the season. And if he goes through one of those horrible slumps again, or you know, if he's just bad for most of the season, like he was this year, I feel like that's when we'll start to see things loosen up. But I guess one thing about Mac Williamson that we didn't really think about is that's a trade chip. If the giants are going to trade for relief help, you know, with the pirates take him if they're unloading McCutcheon and then they need whatever. So I understand what a trade is. I'm just <laughs> silent. Was I talking condescendingly about it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, we just don't so. want to fake trade Mac Williamson right now. Okay. Can we just uh, not fake trade Williams okay. on this podcast? Very well. Very well. <laughs> just give uh, me one thing. Like, just don't trade Mac. Don't trade Belt in this podcast. That's all I ask. I'm not going to put forward an answer of my own here. I want the two of you to either engage in a, in a verbal combat with this or just give your own opinions. And that is, what's going to happen with Matt Cain? Uh, I, think, I think he's going to be in the back of the bullpen. I think he's going to be the long-release guy. And I think that it's not going to go that well. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that's going to be very effective. But they're going to try it because they want to keep him on the roster. So much salary. So much salary. Highest so much player. Salary in a he don't want not- to disrespect him. They, they left two relievers on the postseason roster. Shouldn't have been there just to not disrespect them. Matt Cain will have a spot on the team for at least a month. Hmm. I can't find the answer to the question. Sorry, my Alexa. <laughs> no, Alexa. no, perfect. Or Alexa. Yeah, we stumped Alexa on the on the Matt Cain question. She, she has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> He's the highest play, uh, highest paid player on the team. That's also depressing. <laughs> Tell me some stuff that's not going to depress me, please. Oh, I'm wrong. Buster Posey is the highest paid player on the team. Excuse me. Uh, some things that are not depressing. Well, I guess we shouldn't talk about this season then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess things to look forward to, like we talked about, if you're listening, if you're interested, if you're dreaming big on the Giants. I mean, Steve Okert, uh, uh, Josh Osich, maybe now that they're not going to try to force him into the Jeremy Affelt role, maybe. He kind of bounces back, although he didn't really look good towards the end there. No. Um, Corey Guerin? I'm down on Guerin. Um, I feel like he's the right-handed Osich situation. Maybe he's in left field. Oh. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we solved it. Yeah, we solved it. Podcast over. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to see uh, Jeff Samarja's first month or two with his adjustments to see if it really carries over and and sticks. Okay, but... I don't buy those adjustments. Do you? I mean, like, I feel like he's not been very effective at all. I like him being the kooky number four or five starter. I think that's that has value. Yeah, Smart as the number four guy is is yeah. really pretty good. Like, they're paying him a lot. I'm not denying that. But right. just for his spot in the rotation, I think it's it's a good thing. Yeah, maybe I just, I, I guess I haven't warmed to Samarja yet because I feel like every time I listen to him in an interview post game where he's given up like 17 home runs he's just like yeah I don't know like they just got the best of me this time and I'm like (laughs) no you just keep throwing BP fastballs stop that 
He's genetically... He can't help it, Carmen. He is. He has to give up one home run a game at least. It's well, genetic for him. He can't we'll help see. it. Once you make peace with that, it opens things up tremendously. Uh, Johnny Cueto going out in, in it'll be a glorious fashion next year. Uh, think, think of Johnny Cueto's Instagram next year, Carmen. Oh, man. That's a positive. You know what? Best quote all year was him saying that his injury felt like a crap crab like bite his groin mm-hmm. first of all crabs don't bite as far as i know don't they pinch they pinch yeah they yeah. have no mouth or maybe yeah. they do have a mouth i don't know but i mean he's just a he's i love him so much he's the best yeah so we get one i mean i would say that if he does not opt out that things went poorly for for him <laughs> <laughs> but i think he's i i don't think I th- this was always a situation where it, only if he did poorly both years would he would he not opt out. I think either I always thought either of these years. So even if he's bad next year, it, it doesn't matter because he was good this year and he's young. He's going to opt out. Um, but and let's enjoy him because he's been quite. He's been a lot of fun, and he 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 somehow infected Derek Law with the shimmy shake, which we get. So we'll get to enjoy it even after he leaves. Um, How old is Cueto? 30? Oh, okay. 31? Yeah, Yeah, he's 30. Uh, Derek Law hopefully getting a more prominent role in the bullpen unless the Giants get a couple of ace relievers, which I wouldn't put it past them to somehow work that out, but it seems unlikely. So he's probably going to be a 7th or 8th inning guy. Uh, that's something to look forward to. Hopefully, as Grant pointed out, his his command's been not great since he's come back from the DL, uh, and hopefully that gets ironed out with just rest, because um, the arm's always you know it's a tricky thing. Uh, there's there's lots. Another year, Brandon Crawford living in Corey Seager's shadow. Ugh. Uh, yeah. It's so weird how he like he works so hard to finally emerge, and then nope. <laughs> Like immediately, Corey Sager just is like, "Nope, this is this is my league now." I know it almost makes me think to his All Star snub and how like he may not get to go again. Do you know what I mean? He'll or... never go again. No, he has no shot. It just makes me kind of sad. <laughs> but the the Giants need something, right? They need a lightning rod of some kind to to motivate them. Because if you are a professional athlete and you reach the top three times in short order and you're making millions of dollars, you've got to find anything becomes a motivation. Uh, so if, if Brandon Crawford feels that being snubbed, if that turns in into like a Rocky Four situation where he's training, you know, intensely to fight the Russian that is Corey Sager. I don't think Corey Sager is actually Russian, but you get the point. Um, that's great. That's great. That'll be fun. Uh, do we want to pick our players of the week? <laughs> sure. Carmen, you're the guest. Who's your player of the, yeah. let's just say player of the playoffs. Player of the playoffs. I mean, do I go obvious? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Gillespie. Okay. I mean, I got to. Uh, he, I don't know. I just love the Ishikawa kind of guy and he, he really came through and he surprised the crap out of me, to be honest, because I don't know. I just was like, this guy, where did he even come from? I mean, I knew he was kind of the bench, 
the best uh, bench player that we had. And I was like, once they put him in the, the spotlight, he's just going to shrink. And he proved me really wrong. So I'm going to take him. Yeah. I mean, he made me look bad. <laughs> Not on defense. I to like him. Yeah. I never really disliked him. I just didn't like that part of him. Well, I didn't like that. I didn't like that he can't throw across the diamond very well or defend third base very well. But he was an interesting at-bat. He was one of the Giants' better at-bats, certainly off the bench. Um, that's, a good, that's a good pick. That's a great, obvious pick. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> Doug? Um, you know, I'm going to go with, with Johnny Cueto because he pitched a great game in Chicago, and he deserves some love. That game won. I mean, that was a fantastic game. If the Giants had won that game one to nothing, we would just be fawning over that completely. But losing it one nothing, they went in there and they they were not intimidated at all. And Johnny Cueto was just mowing them down. He looked as good as he did at any point during the season. I mean, yeah. also that home run was complete BS. It just fell in the drunk basket. You know what I mean? It could have gone either way. And to be honest, I mean, I went to Wrigley for that game, and I was sitting literally, like, not far away from it. I was down the left field line. And honest to God, I was, like, didn't even know that that went out. It almost happened in slow motion, and I could see Pagan kind of positioned under the basket, but I didn't see the basket. And I was like, wait, how come the ball never fell? And then I realized, oh, my gosh, he just hit a home run. So I feel like that could have gone either way. And so that's, I totally agree with you. Johnny Cueto was spectacular. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's worth pointing out that the Giants in the span of five playoff games played four that were all-time classics and they went two and two in them. Yeah. The, the, the two they lost sucked, but the two they won were really fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, to me, when you have a second half where they don't even look like a professional, you know, they don't even look like professional athletes, um, and then they in the last week turn it on, maybe just through inertia, right? They're kind of like, oh, we're here. <laughs> we might as well act like we can play. And they, then they had a they had a team meeting. They're like, look, we can't let the Cardinals get in. Right? <laughs> right. That's what we're Keep, playing for. Keeping the Cardinals out of the playoffs definitely helped baseball. I, it helped the Dodgers though, so I'm not really. Yeah, we shouldn't be too pleased about it. Um, but I mean, just the fact that they and then they roll into Wrigley Field. It's like they have no but like game two is what I think we all thought all the games would be. And it wasn't the case. It just was not the case. The Giants were the Giants in those games. And Jeff Samarja was Jeff Samarja, in fairness to all this. So, <laughs> uh, but, you know, they played great. I can't – I don't know. Those are those are two – those are great I, choices. I mean, there's a couple more obvious choices, I think. Sure. I'm going to – I guess I'm going to go with Madison Bumgarner. Yeah? I'm going to go with Madison Bumgarner because – really surprised. Uh, I'm going to say that that wild card game, you know, even though he's no, you know, give it up for the guy who lost his legend, which is the the cruelty of life, right? You're you're only remembered for your failures sometimes. And I don't see how he's suddenly not a dominant postseason starter, even though he gave up a home run to the pitcher. But the Cubs worked him and he looked. But the thing is that Bumgarner willed the Giants to that win in the wild card game 
because Noah Syndergaard looked incredible. And if it wasn't for Madison Bumgarner throwing 21 pitches in the first three innings, like he's seven pitch innings, first three innings. And all he did was a, all he did. The only thing Bumgarner did that was slightly different was that he attacked the hitters up in the zone. And the fact that he was able to keep doing that, um, after all the innings he's thrown this season, all the pitches he's thrown this season against a really tough lineup, I was I was thinking Jonas Cespedes was going to hit two home runs, drive in five or six runs, you know, by himself, and that was going to be the game. Nope, and he was he didn't back down at all. And the Cubs, the Cubs are just better, you know, the Cubs are just better. And he did the best he could, and uh, kept the Giants, you know, the Giants still won that game. So it's like whatever. So I'm going to go some. He gave him three good innings after he yeah. gave up that homer, which that did not look like it was going to happen. Yeah, but and he, he got his yeah. way through it. That home run he gave up, I mean, he was tired in that inning. That pitch he threw was a tired pitch. Um, and Jake, you know, Jake Arietta is like the weird, he's like the toughest type of athlete to face because if you're a fan in the opposition, you hate him because he's so arrogant. But Jake Arrieta, time and time again, can literally walk up to you and say, I'm going to beat you and there's nothing you can do about it. And he does it. So the fact that the he, that Bumgarner didn't implode like it was Yasiel Puig doing it to him or something like that, you know, that's kind of been what's happened to Bumgarner the last month of the season. He kind of, kind of falls apart. And even though he had that shaky moment because the Cubs are better, he was still who the Giants need him to be. And if the Giants are ever going to win again in our lifetimes, it's probably going to, you know, Madison Bumgarner is probably going to have to do something, be a part of that. And okay, if they're ever going to win again the next five years, it's going to be <laughs> Madison Bumgarner is probably going to have something to do with that. And the fact that he's still Madison Bumgarner, even when the shit hits the fan, is I mean, encouraging. Is the man ever going to get a no hitter or a Cy Young? I think this every year. I don't feel like he could for either just by the way he pitches. I think he does try to go for contact. So, I mean, he had a career high in strikeouts. He's really amazing, but he he's you know he doesn't throw ninety four, ninety five. And in terms of no hitter, maybe, but you know, maybe when they have better outfield defense next year, <laughs> we'll see. The no hitter feels more likely than the Cy Young. I I don't see the Cy Young happening. That's sad. That makes me sad. Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher on the planet, and they really pitch in the sad. same division. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> I mean, he, he broke this year. There was a chance. There was a chance. There was a chance. That's true. And Cueto, too, for for the first couple months of the season, which is great. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it's it's. I think it's great that the Giants have essentially an ace who's not the typical ace, and but he when they absolutely need him – He's able to give them something that they can work with. And in my lifetime growing up for the Giants, you know, the closest before him was Jason Schmidt. And yeah. so I'll take Madison Bumgarner over Jason Schmidt. And Jason Schmidt, it was really only for two or three years. Yeah. Because that, that, after 2004, he was not that good. Like, he was fine in 2006. He's, he started the All-Star game in 2006, I think, and then he kind of fell apart in the second half. But, yeah, it was not – it's not a remotely comparable – kind of career because Madison Bumgarner was just so much better. Yeah. I'm, I'm skipping over like, you know, Tim Lincecum when he was on, he was, you know, he's stuff, stuff wise. He's the best pitcher the giants have had in my lifetime. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yep. 
pure Michigan. stuff alone. Yeah. Yeah. So there we are. Okay. Do we have a game of the week or a, a... <laughs> I mean, can we do, I'm actually really curious to hear your guys' predictions for postseason. Oh, the rest of the way? Yeah. I... Sorry. I just hijacked the. Uh... No, it's fine. I'm really curious. I mean, other I, teams? I don't, <laughs> I don't want to pick the Cubs because. I have a burning hatred for Aroldis Chapman, but they're the best team, which makes them the easy pick. And I'm lazy, so that's what I'm going to go with because the they're really versus good. who? I'm going to say the Blue Jays. I think they can get to the Indians pitching because they're, they're injured. I don't have an opinion. <laughs> uh, I, I guess... I, I think I would if it was Nationals and the and the Cubs I would root for the Nationals only because somehow I really like Dusty Baker and I would want him to do well. So and then, you know, if if Jason Wirth's on that team, I don't really like him. <laughs> There's I like actually another Nationals. What's that? I like him fine now that he's on the Nationals. Uh yeah, I, I'm. I guess I'm thinking, because I'm thinking about the Cubs and I'm. Th- that they're gonna win the World Series at some point. Um, one of the Cubs writers posted that the Giants basically, whenever they lose, they lose to the World Series winner. The only year that wasn't true was 2000, but even in 2000, the Mets went to the World Series, so. It's pro- you know I don't know what holds and it's all stupid baseball superstitions so who knows but yeah if I can't the the Giants everyone's saying the Giants were the toughest matchup for the Cubs and I can certainly see you know if the if the Dodgers and the Nationals are playing six five games pretty consistently the Cubs offense is as good or better than both of those offenses they're probably just flat out better um, man this is tough. So I mean I'll just pick Cubs because that makes sense and uh, American League. <laughs> Carmen, I I, I kind of want to un- disinvite you because I'm thinking about the American League now. <laughs> I was just trying to be who's who's left the Indians, Indians and Blue Jays. Yep, that's it. Yep. Yeah, dude. Oh man. Uh. Well. Uh. Hmm. Who's the uh, the Blue Jays manager? He's not good. Yeah, but they can hit the I'll, crap out of the ball. But if it's close, I give the edge to Terry Francona. That's the only thing. Uh, you know, the, the Indians offense, Cleveland's offense. Why am I saying that? Cleveland's offense isn't anything to sneeze at, though. Uh, and, oh, man. I, all right, I'm going to go with Doug. I had, Now I've thought about this. But I don't see the Blue Jays don't have any starting pitching. They have Stroman. They have uh, Stroman struggled a lot this year, though. Yeah, but he exists. He does. Oh, and the, and the other guy, the the rookie guy, I'm blanking on his name completely. Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez. Did they have a? Did Jay Happ have a good year? I mean, even yeah. Oh, Jay Happ Jay is Jay like Happ. a Jay Happ had like a Cy Young winner. So they've got a actually yeah. a pretty strong rotation, and then they've got I think Osuna in the back. For the bullpen, so fine. Yeah, the Blue Jays fine, but they, you know, Cleveland's not terrible, and Terry Francona is a solid manager, and 
Oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If... Yeah, Lindor and um, and Kipnis are great, and if Carlos Santana is playing, he's probably likely to surprise. But man, Carmen, I don't know. <laughs> also, the Blue Jays and the Cubs—it's like an all-blue World Series. That would stink. It was last year too. Royals and Mets all blue. Yeah, but the Mets had the cool giancy orange in there. <laughs> the the yeah, the Blue Jays have the white and blue, and then the Cubs have the red and blue, red, white, and blue. I've never liked the Cubs uh, logo and colors. I love the Cubs unis. I never liked them. I liked the uh, I and I liked the Blue Jays the the aqua and the gray. I like that better than their like Gary Carter version. I think it's because they play in that dome. So when they wear the classic ones, I just don't like that look. <laughs> I think the dome is a bad look. All right, we've run out of steam here. <laughs> Wait, who do you have, Carmen? Who'd you pick? Um. I mean, I kind of don't want to pick the Cubs because I'm slightly annoyed at their fan base, but I think it's going to be the Cubs, and I'm just going to take the Indians because I'm going to go with the Tribe. The Blue Jays are just – I feel like it's filled with douches, and I don't want to root for them. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) That's fair. They did throw the beer can at uh, at the Oriole. Aren't most – Ball players douches though. I mean, the Giants have quite a few on there. What's your douche definition? Hunter Strickland. Hunter Strickland. <laughs> oh my god, he's probably going to listen to this, guys. No, he's not. No, he's not. He, I mean, he does vanity search on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I would say he's not as he's not really so much of a douche as I guess you're thinking of Bautista. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking about him. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Joey Bats can be kind of douchey. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, Bryce Harper. That's pretty classic. Oh yeah, he's a douche. That's a classic look right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, John Lester. I think he's oh, a yeah. huge douche. I think Jake Arrieta is too. Um, <laughs> this is a great topic. Yeah, Chris <laughs> Bryant. Chris Bryant, maybe not. He seems like a cool. No, guy. I love Chris Bryant. Well, because he's pretty, right? No. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo, he's probably not. No, uh, I'm gonna say Javier Baez is not a douche. I don't know. I think he is. I think he's borderline, but I I think it's I think it's tough when it's like people crap on you and and jump on any, everything you do, and baseball's like and you're really good at it, but people are like trying to tell you to do it differently or play it the right way or whatever i don't know a douche is like he's not a douche he's something but he's not a douche yeah like chase utley is a douche chase utley is a huge douche. oh yeah chase utley is douche of the year he's oh we should have started you know what we should scrap the last 20 minutes and just say like let's do a tournament of the remaining douchebags in the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) chase utley's the number one seed right now (laughs) sb nation douche bracket yeah because uh, in that series, it's what Utley and Harper are the two main douches, um, and then in the in the in the AL, well, the, let's do the well. Who are the Giants and the Cubs? Who's our douches? Yeah, who who in that series douche against douche? Arietta, Strickland and Arietta. Meh. Or Strickland's not. You think? Carmen, you can't give a Giants answer, can you? I'm try. I'm actually going through the roster, thinking about it. 
Well, let's go through it. Matt Cain no. is probably a douche in his own way. Buster Posey's not. Hunter Pence is not. Johnny Cueto is not. Jake Peavy probably was. Not he grew out of it. He grew out of it. Is Pagana a douche? I, I don't. I feel like Pagana no, is just swarthy. like he's, he's swarthy. Too, yeah, he's, he's swarthy and charismatic. Okay. And the piercing eyes. So I'll give him a pass. Jeff oh, Samarja. You know who is Jarrett Parker? Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. But like that's not a prominent like against the Cubs frontline douchebags. That doesn't probably go that's like I mean that's like the mismatch that the series was. <laughs> I mean if the Giants are countering the Cubs <laughs> douche contingent Joe Madden, by the way, is a douchebag. So you know, is so what what are the Giants countering with here? Uh, Marja, I think. Samarja. I was just just gonna say Samarja. So Samarja and maybe some of Belt's comments make him a no! douche. But I'm just saying he has some of his bulletin board material to other players, he could be considered a douche. But we know he really is just like... He barely talks. He, he trips over everything and he's a weirdo. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's looking at the Giants roster, I'm like, it's kind of douche-free. And Hunter Strickland really is the, the main one that just jumps out at me. But what if like Trevor Brown is? We just Trevor Brown's not. One one time I was um at a Rangers game last year after the game, and I was waiting on the field for someone else, and he was, he was walking by. I was like, "Oh hey, how's it going?" Like I don't know Trevor Brown. Uh, Contos. Oh maybe. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so the Giants douches do not even come close to the Cubs. No. So the so the Cubs like the series and the talent. They walk. They win that one. Douche. And then. Utley versus Harper. I don't know. Man. Utley, dude, because Utley not only is like arrogant and stupid, but he also is just like a dirty player. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like Har- Harper might be like more annoying to hang out with, but Utley's douchiness literally broke a dude's leg. Yeah. So you can't you can't really beat that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, when Harper's struggling, it doesn't. He doesn't try to boast like he doesn't try to he's not like an injured animal he's not going to just roar whereas chase utley if he's doing poorly he's like well now i've got to break someone <laughs> uh all right so then there's that i feel like adrian gonzalez is a sneaky douchebag oh uh, yeah. yeah i would say that uh and and then you know daniel murphy probably is too oh daniel so murphy for sure is a douche it's, it's all balanced out it's so weird that we're not really saying too many pitchers here in the other, in the other series. What uh, say like Maeda's a douche? I don't even know him. No, I mean, like I don't, I, don't, I don't know a whole lot about Joe Ross. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Stripling. I mean, he's mega. Du- no. Uh, I guess. And on the other side, I'm just trying to think of any possible Cleveland players who could potentially be Trevor Bowers, the uh, first Mike, and only Trevor name. Bauer, Mike Napoli. Is is Napoli? I, I thought he was just it. a sloppy drunk. I can see it. All right. So I bet Terry Francona totally was. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Anyway, I don't know. In any case, all right. That's a worthwhile discussion. <laughs> any uh, closing thoughts, Carmen? What are you going to do uh, in the off season with KMBR or or your social stuff? Or I mean, are you gonna. I only really work with Marty and Marty is like exclusively baseball. So 
So he's just going to go into hibernation mode now? He goes back to Arizona and he just like lays around in the sun. I think he's going to Cuba at some point. So I'll probably meet him down in Scottsdale at some point, um, like during spring training, but I probably won't do anything until then. I might post like a 2016 GIF best of, but I plan on taking it pretty easy. (laughs) All right. Uh, Where can we find, where can the listeners find you on the social media? They can find me at Carmen Q. It's very simple. It's very simple. All right. Uh, And Doug, you're still at Moonwalk McFly, right? I I am, yes. I don't think you changed your avatar in like however long, six years? (laughs) No, I've had it since basically since I registered, except for when we were all doing Rally Zito avatars. I had one for that. But that's the only time I changed mine. Yeah. If you yeah. ever change it, I'm going to be so confused. <laughs> no, I know. That's why like, I can't. I changed my display name to actually be Doug now, finally. And I'm like, I can't change the picture for at least two years. <laughs> people are going to be like, okay, who is this? Unfollow. <laughs> no. Do people like confuse unfollow? I don't know who that is, so I unfollow. I've done it. Huh. I've done it. <laughs> I've done it on people that I'm pretty sure Twitter, Twitter followed for me. And I'm like, I don't think I did this. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, I'm slow to unfollow. Yeah, no, it takes it takes a lot if I think I followed you on purpose. <laughs> but if not, then no, I'm just done. Dude, the follow button is like creep creepily like in the corner of things when I'm meaning to like X out, I think, because I followed people by accident. And then I get a note from them being like, oh, my God, thanks for the follow. And I'll be like, Haha, I really didn't want to do that. And now I can't unfollow you. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, and Doug, I, you're still writing I, at the book. Brian on Twitter is at every sixth day. And make sure you to can, follow him and then mute him as soon as he's you trying can, to talk about science. You jumped on my joke. I was going to say, I, you can mute me. Mute me at every sixth day. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Uh, and then Doug and I write on McCoveyChronicles.com if you're a Cubs fan hoping to have listened to us uh, cry tears and made it all the way to the end. Now you know where we write. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening this season. Um, I don't know why, but thank you. I don't know why you did. But <laughs> we made it this far. Uh, Doug and I will be back at some point in a couple weeks, I think. We're going to have Roger Munter come back. He's going to do a a recap of the farm season for the Giants, um, which is now barren. So it was played by a bunch of uh, scarecrows, I think, right? But yeah. Scarecrows. Um, and then I think Grant's going to probably, we're going to rope him in one more time and then we'll take, we'll, we'll hibernate this winter like <laughs> Marty Lurie because my goodness, who wants to hear us talk for four more months? Anyway, <laughs> Carmen, thank you so much for coming on. It was great to have you. Uh, Doug, thank you so much for coming on. It was great to to have you. And uh, thanks out there for listening. Uh, Good night. Bye.